Hey, everybody out there. Welcome to the latest episode of the Ball and Chain podcast. I am your host, Mark Thomas, coming to you from Southern California. Appreciate all of you joining lately. I would say that there's kind of a dearth of uh, podcast episodes out there lately. I I think a lot of people are out on vacation. A lot of people are out traveling. uh, And uh, I know I've been like going into my Google podcasts and basically just kind of seeing the same episodes (laughs) that have been sitting there from a couple days ago especially from a couple of my favorites. So hopefully we are able to fill that podcast void for you and uh, bring you some good content today. Uh, Before we bring in our guest, uh, excited as we've been talking about the last few episodes that we are almost Zen Sports, which is a a sponsor of the podcast. uh, We are almost done with the uh, license application process for our sports betting and gaming license in Nevada. Uh, That should be coming to you or coming our way, uh, coming to you as a product very, very soon. Uh, And my brewers uh, continue to do quite well and uh, in first place in the central. And I actually have to say, I kind of hope that they stay in the second seed because that way they only have to play one NL West team uh, in the playoffs uh, before the World Series. So uh, with, and Packers are, you know, already set to go here, which is uh, looking forward to the start of the NFL season. So uh, with all of that good stuff out of the way, uh, I'm excited to welcome our next guest for the Ball and Chain podcast, episode 36. Uh, like to welcome Britt Sanders. How are you today, Britt? Man, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to finally get to this. When you guys hit me up, I'm always super ecstatic. Uh, I'm glad that your Brewers are in first. My Mariners are somehow in contention still. Yeah. I just double-checked to see how far back, and we're only five games back, which, based on our history in the last 20 years, is essentially the World Series. So everything's great <laughs> for us today. We're doing really good. <laughs> that is very good, actually. Well, you know, I think, I mean, they've got absolutely a chance to definitely catch a wild card spot. Uh, I don't know how many games left they have with the A's, but, uh, or the Red Sox, but uh, definitely, you know, they have a, a chance. Uh, so yeah, I, I would agree with you to still be in the running in mid August. That yeah, it's like the world series. It's guys. a very, it's a very surreal feeling. It's kind of like, I don't know, the Browns being the Super Bowl, just something you don't really get every once in a while, a fleeting feeling perhaps. Well, and you know, I totally fine that you don't know this, but I'm a diehard Bucks fan, and we, uh, every all of our listeners have heard nonstop about the fact that I went to Game Six uh, and been very happy. So, look, the Bucks can win the title. Uh, the Mariners can certainly make the playoffs or go deep in the playoffs. Um, if not this year, the next year. So, I mean, there's, there's you're, you're you're on the cusp of of turning this thing around. Absolutely, I, I, I am excited and thrilled to be a Mariners fan still. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you have a huge, uh, ex- you know, background and, and experience within uh, fantasy sports, and specifically within fantasy football. Uh, and I am actually the exact opposite. Uh, I follow traditional sports. I've done traditional sports betting, but I almost rarely uh, touch uh, fantasy sports. Occasionally, we'll do a DFS uh, play, but for the most part just, you know, traditional sports betting is, is what I've done in the past. So uh, let's start out first uh, for those in our audience that don't know too much about fantasy. We have had a couple of guests on the podcast before that have uh, uh, fantasy sports experience, but it's been a while. So I don't, why don't we first start off with kind of like, you know, uh, A, what is your fantasy sports uh, experience? Uh, you know, can get into football, whatever it might be. Um, and then, you know, what are your kind of favorite fantasy, you know, leagues that you like to participate in? And then we'll yeah. go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been playing in what we call redraft leagues for fantasy football. You have a bunch of different type of leagues now, but redraft simply means that it's a one-year league. 
you're redrafting every single year. It's usually what the most common leagues are now, what you always find with family leagues, high school leagues, you know, the ones that have been going on for a long time. So I've been doing that for about 14 years now, I think. Uh, I've been playing Dynasty for three years. I've been playing Debbie leagues for two years. So basically all that means is that I've just progressively been getting deeper and deeper into the fantasy football wormhole. Uh, I even joined a couple of Campus to Canton, which is essentially a fantasy NFL football with college football stacked on top of each other where you roster about 100 players total. Um, I think degenerate is probably along my horizon of words I'd use to describe myself right now in like the most acceptable, wonderful way. My favorite is I, I have a, a love for redraft leagues just because in Dynasty, it's really difficult to get some of those players that are high profile and are sort of your favorites. And so by being able to redraft your team every single year, it's, it, it's a lot more fun just to kind of diversify the players you have. You're able to kind of uh, get a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, exposure to, right? Um, but it's hard to beat with Dynasty because there's something thrilling about being able to trade six or seven players and get two, three players back and still make it to the championship and such. Uh, when it comes to scoring, I'm like a half PPR type guy. I, I, so point per reception, I'm not a big fan of it personally. I think I shouldn't be rewarding a player for doing their job and catching the ball. I'm a bit more of a big fan for just giving uh, points for fantasy first or for first downs, but we're probably four or five years removed from that sort of uh, scoring format being popular in fantasy football. So when you say redrafting is not that popular, I thought all mo- almost all fantasy sports leagues um, redraft every single season. If, and some of them are now even redrafting every week or every month. So are there, are there fantasy leagues where you got to keep the same player year after year? Yeah. So it's funny. If you look at like a timeline of fantasy football since 2000, I think you would see most of the people pulled within America, probably 98% of them would say that they redraft every single year. Within the last five years, I'd be willing to bet that that number probably dropped about 20, 25%, around 70, 75%. Uh, which is sort of when the dynasty boom is kind of created. And so really what that is, is that you draft a team and then those are your players for eternity until you choose to, to drop them or trade them away. And so you have a draft every year, but you're only drafting incoming rookies, which is sort of what inspired the podcast that uh, I run is just sort of helping people not mess up the rookie draft because one bad rookie draft kind of creates a chasm within your, your team that's really difficult to dig yourself out of. Got it. So I guess the question then is, is what if player, what if not the football players, but what if actually like uh, participants in the league decide to drop out uh, or join? So how does that work if you're, you know, capturing the same rosters like every single season? So the way I commissioner my leagues is that whenever I have a dynasty league that I'm commissioning, I'm a commissioner of, that's probably better grammar. I always reach out and get two or three people that are interested that they don't necessarily have the time or the interest just yet, but they're like, yeah, if there's an opening, hit me up and let me know. And so that way, when someone's like, Hey, listen, X, Y, and Z time interests, I suck. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not good at it. So when they eventually do drop out, cause that's a common thing, you just sort of hit them up and say, Hey, listen, openings came up. Are you interested in that? Like, is this something you still want to do? I've had good success with that. And 
the way Twitter's been so or right now, it's incredibly easy to fill up a league with a complete random person that becomes your best friend in a couple of years. So it's never really an issue when you're adding people. That's when things get a little hairy. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a tremendous amount of experience in, I think those would be called, um, what's that word there? It was with the Kraken just in the hockey league. Um, Uh, Expansion. Yeah, an expansion. Thank you. Expansions where I think what it was is you just kind of give every single player around an ADP. And so that team gets to choose one player at each round uh, and you can't, choose more than two or three players off the, the same team type of deal. It's a bit more convoluted, but it's, it's doable. Uh, I, I don't think you, you run into that very often. Very rarely do you have a people that have a dynasty league and ex- want to expand it mostly because they're just so comfortable in the current settings that very rarely are they like, I want to make this a 12 person team instead of an eight person team, you know? But it's certainly possible. Right. So uh, I guess then the, the question is, is from a, a prize money perspective, do you still only enter, like pay an entry fee and win prize money for that particular season? Or does uh, do entry fees and prize money carry over from one season to the next in any kind of way? It's a great question. Um, there's mostly it's similar to redraft leagues where you have a pot, you put it all in and then you break it down first three top three people earn X percentage of the winnings. There is a dynasty league called an empire league where each year you put in 20 to $50 and you only pay out that pot until someone wins the league back to back years. So very rare. It's a quite intense league because after you win it your first year, pretty much everybody is aiming to sabotage you. And so you're pretty much stuck with that team that you have because the likelihood of anyone trading with you is just exceptionally unlikely, but that pot gets up into the thousands of dollars after a year or two, because it's just not very likely to win back to back years. And then when that does happen, the teams disband and you redraft a brand new team from scratch. I just thought of a great idea. Like this would have amazing like NFT potential. Like you could almost have each, uh, uh, spot within a league as like an NFT or uh, certain teams could even have NFTs where, you know, to be able to get in the league, you have to pay or, or, or do it as like a franchise fee. Like they do obviously in professional sports where they have to pay a franchise fee to get into it. Um, I don't even know if there's that much demand to get in this specific league or not, but uh, I could definitely see like, you know, waiting lists and, and demand for, for that. You know, what does that, does that look like? Do you have like people, like banging down your door to try and get in the league or um, is it um, you're just comfortable with the 12 to 16 that you have and you don't care about anybody else? Yeah, it's, I would say probably four or five years ago, you had a lot of people that were kind of, Hey man, I really want your league. Is there anyone that's sort of straggling that you want to kick out? But it's, I mean, a couple of platforms have made it so easy to create your own league. It's just, it's been, the growth has been exceptional, specifically sleeper. They've made this, so approachable and easy for the most inexperienced fantasy football player. They've done an incredible job. I would say they're probably top two in terms of platform availability and accessibility, even for those of us that are, that have disabilities with poor sight and such. And um, they've been exceptionally great with sort of allowing people to create a brand new league. And I've, assisted a couple people on Twitter that came hey, man, I really want to join X, Y, and Z league. And so I'll just throw it out into the Twitter sphere. 
in a couple of my retweet groups and within two or three days, they've got a league filled. So very rarely are they, are people like kicking down the doors at that point, you'd have to have like a very prestigious league, sort of like a fantasy footballers type listener league where, you know, it, it's the best of the best sort of deal get in or the Scott fishbowl. Right. So I'm looking at dynastyleaguefootball.com. So is that an actual platform similar to sleeper where you can create your leagues on it? Or is that just like content for, you know, dynasty leagues? How I'm just kind of curious what, um, you know, what they provide. DLF is a content behemoth. Okay. Uh, they, they, they don't very rarely, or they don't offer like league creation, but I'm a hundred percent sure that they have forums in which you can say, I want to join a league. And then you and 10 to 12 people, 16 people, even 32 people, if you're a bit masochistic, all join in together and create this league. Uh, the, the primary ones are, you know, the Yahoo's ESPN, CBS, specifically for fantasy football, you've got, flea flicker you've got mfl my fantasy league and you've got sleeper those are the probably the top three that are most um prevalent in common with specifically dynasty leagues right and now is this all just football or do you also have dynasty leagues for other sports too i'm pretty i honestly i've played only one season of fantasy baseball and it drove me crazy so i (laughs) I, it's just is so much maintenance to do every single day is like select your pitcher and your batters. Like yeah. I don't have the, I was in school and I was just like, I don't have the attention span to like do this properly. It was a really great idea and very neat how they did their scoring and things like that. And I, I think I did, I don't, I didn't place last. So I was proud of myself, but I would assume they have dynasty leagues. It can't be that specific to football, you know, given sports I'm maybe not a dynasty league for golf, but you know, all the major ones, you probably have dynasty leagues. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I would, um, I, I mean, just even watching baseball games, like I love baseball. Uh, and I mean, just trying to follow, you know, baseball games, 162. I mean, this is it's just impossible. I mean, it's, this is too much competing for attention and work obviously gets in the way and, you know, other sports are there. And I, I probably would say I watched maybe like three to four, brewer games a week um i don't really watch other teams until it gets to be about this time of year right so i mean then you're talking about doing a fantasy league in baseball and my gosh i mean then you're yeah i mean literally every single day for all the teams you're having to pay attention to that and it's not even every day it's like specific times of the day too so us being on the west coast it's like i gotta set alarm at 7 30 so that i can set my roster up by eight and so all my guys that are playing at 10 on Eastern time or 11 on Easter time, I can get them in my lineup. And so it's a lot, there's just a lot of variety and like a pseudo structure of sorts where there's, it's just a lot more convoluted than fantasy football, where it's like you have three time zones and they're playing three times a week and you know, those times. And unless it's last year, those times aren't ever changing. So you can have kind of a built-in schedule throughout the week of when you're checking waivers when you're sending trades, when you're adding and dropping, when you're setting your lineups, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you also enjoy DFS, daily fantasy sports, for those that don't know? Uh, Because that's on the the very opposite end of the spectrum is dynasty. So do you enjoy daily fantasy or do you completely stay away with that because you're more of a long-term player? I love DFS, but unfortunately, Washington State doesn't love me and I am currently unable to theoretically online bet gamble or make any money uh through online avenues in which consist of gambling which is pretty much all fantasy sports including dfs 
So unfortunately, I have not been able to enter a DFS lineup, possibly fortunately, because the likelihood that I would not go overboard is exceptionally slim. Um, <laughs> but uh, when it becomes a possibility, because I'm sure it will, I'm will definitely dabble here and there. It's a completely different beast, but it looks quite entertaining. Well, so the interesting thing, the next question I want to ask about this, because with DFS, and I would argue this with sports betting too, which is why I think it's silly that sports betting and DFS aren't classified in the same skill-based categories uh, as I believe they are. Uh, but with with DFS, you know, it's very, very skill-based, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it was legalized in a lot of places. Uh, and so let's just say on a scale of 1 to 10, DFS uh, skill base is a 9 or 9.5. Uh, what would it look like for the opposite for a dynasty league from a skill-based perspective? Is there more luck because it does go across so many years and so forth, or is it even more skill-based than DFS because it's such a long run type of thing? It, it, it's difficult because you are really trying to compress and comprehend three years of information projecting forward into the current year. And what we're starting to see in dynasty leagues is we're starting to see players that are treating their rosters very similar to a redraft league. So what that means is they're much more likely and prone to quote unquote blowing up the roster, which basically just means trading away all of your high value assets, creating draft picks and starting to get fresh. So I think it takes a high level of skill to know what you're doing because it's exceptionally easy to make two wrong trades and then to have that hamstring your team for the next three or four years, if you don't know what you're doing, it's really easy to trade away AJ Brown last year in the preseason for a player that, I don't know, insert um, who's lost a lot of value, maybe Chris Carson in a first, right? If you did that trade now, your commissioner would kick you out of league because that's just such a wide value disparity. It just would wouldn't create an instability amongst the league itself. Uh, so it's really difficult because you make a trade this week and then in five months it's a trade that's just such a widely different value it, it, i would say it takes more skill only because and, and a quite a bit more luck only because you just you have to find the right timing for things because unlike dfs where you just can kind of project good game scripts and good opportunity and players sort of in that right realm at that right price point and dynasty it's beyond that it's finding the the manager of the team that is more likely to overreact or underreact to news so that you can capitalize on them. And so you're almost also having to read that player and that manager, as well as like the NFL players values that are constantly oscillating throughout the season. Right. That makes sense. So then for those, uh, clearly you're very experienced on the fantasy sports side of things for those that are less experienced out there, which type of league would you recommend that they join or which type of daily fantasy or which type of fantasy sports would you recommend that they play? Um, you know, just from a structure standpoint and then which sport would you recommend? And then which platform would you recommend doing it on? If somebody's a brand new beginner, it's like, I really want to get into fantasy. I don't know which type of, of fantasy to do. I don't know which sport. I don't know which platform. So I think the first and foremost is finding something that you're passionate about because if you don't, like football and you have no interest in football and I'm here saying you should go join fantasy football. It's so great. Like the likelihood you're going to enjoy your experience is exceptionally little. Right. So I think the first and foremost is finding the sport that you just watch already and you're already interested in and you have a, a buy-in of sorts and then 
finding a community that is able to steer you in the right direction. I don't have enough knowledge to say for golf, I go here. And for baseball, I go here. I do, do, I do know baseball's got a good, or Yahoo's got a good baseball um, formula and kind of format. But uh, for fantasy football, I'd say the very easiest, most entry-level league is finding yourself a, a redraft or seasonal league. So you're redrafting every year. Go to Sleeper. They have exceptionally laid out. Everything is there. They have a bunch of information at your fingertips. So you don't necessarily need to look and find tertiary information because it's all the baseline stuff is presented for you. Start and sit percentages, weekly points, expectations, projections, things like that, news it's all right there. And they also have this chat feature where you can go into different chats and, um, and channels and ask information and questions and kind of talk amongst other people that are interested. Uh, they also sleeper also has like a league of legends or world of Warcraft world of Warcraft. One of the two, uh, fantasy leagues. I'm not sure how those work because I'm just not interested in them. So I don't spend my time doing that, but finding yourself an entry level redraft league, eight to 10 players. So you have a lot of, a lot of very valuable players still available. And then just finding people that are a like minded and experienced for you, because if you play with a bunch of veterans and people that have been around for 10, 12 years, you're going to have a miserable time because they're going to be taking advantage of you every single week. Um, So it's important to have like, find a group of friends, all join in and have one person that's played before, just so that there's a person to answer questions when they inevitably come up. Got it. You know, that makes sense. That's kind of why I was asking the question. Cause like, there is such a clear, um, you know, body of evidence that those that have a lot of experience, you know, will just win, you know, mm-hmm. 90, 95%, 99% of the time and newcomers get discouraged. They say, Hey, I don't have a chance. And then they, they bail, yeah. um, you know, type of thing. And so, yeah, I was kind of curious, like, you know, do they, and that, that actually, you know, it's another good question. Do they have, you know, ratings for daily uh, or for fantasy sports players that, um, you know, allow maybe, I guess, leagues to kind of handicap the combined, uh, you know, uh, ratings of everyone. So you have some experts, some medium-sized players and some beginners, or even be able to be in just a beginner's league. I don't know how you'd verify that because somebody could get a proxy, you know, type of thing, but just kind of curious if there's anything that's trying to be done out there to level the playing field for, uh, for newbies into, um, into fantasy sports. I think uh, there's a, there's a, the community itself is sort of self-policing and monitoring it relatively well. And what, what I mean by that is, is the first step you got to do is get yourself a Twitter account. And I recognize that that's not necessarily everyone's favorite app is the little bird app. But when you strictly are in the fantasy football realm, there's just so many opportunities that present itself to you that all you really need to do is find two or three of your favorite analysts And most analysts now and content creators, they'll be running two or three like listener leagues and stuff like that. And so they do a really good job job of ensuring that the playing field and the level of difficulty is all on a very similar tier and to where it makes you making sure that you aren't going to get over your skis. And if you do get over your skis, the good ones, you know, are going to be willing to help you and give you advice and walk you through some of these decisions so that you are learning as they're also helping you kind of make these decisions along the way. There's a lot of people that kind of tell you what to do, but I think myself and a bunch of other people, we try to teach you along the way and just 
guide you in a, a therapeutic sense, almost making the decisions for yourself. So you don't have to rely on them answering the same questions and the more nuanced questions you can come to us, but you know, who, how do I start or sit or how do I, how do I drop someone? How do I put in fab? How much is too much fab? Those are the questions that you kind of get answered yourself bouncing off the right ideas off the right people. Well, that's great and all, but I mean, I mean, you know, obviously with money at stake, um, you know, are, are others going to be really that helpful? Now, sure, if it's for 20 bucks, I mean, who cares? But I mean, if it's, you know, for hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or some of these, you know, larger jackpot, you know, leagues or contests that have, you know, even millions of dollars. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not to, not to turn to discredit what you're saying, because I agree, I mean, you know about this way more than I do, but I'm just kind of curious, why would other people be helpful when really that represents your competition? Yeah, I, I so... When I'm saying finding a content creator analyst that has listener leads, it's not necessarily asking the league like, hey guys, what do I do here? Am I supposed to start this person or this person? It, it happens, but you just find people outside of the league that are going to be willing to help you along. Mm-hmm. I always do my best to answer every single message on Twitter that is a question relating football or, or elsewhere because I find that to be important and because it's nice to bounce ideas off of people. I mean, if you're in a league that the buy-in's over, I'd say probably $50, the likelihood that you, you just, you should not be a amateur going into those buy-in leagues because people aren't in those high level leagues unless they know what they're doing or just have far too much money to care. And I think the percentage of people that have so much money, they don't care is exceptionally low. Right. That makes sense. That, yeah, that, that, that definitely makes sense. And the resources are out there, you know, like, you know, you just mentioned, um, you know, with, uh, with, Di- with DFL, right. Uh, where mm-hmm. people can do their own research and when it comes to anything, when it, you know, it involves money, whether it's trading stocks or trading cryptocurrencies or betting on sports or, you know, you know playing in daily fantasy, you know, it's up to the consumer uh, and the customer to do their own research or to just say, Hey, I don't really care that much about the 50 bucks I'm losing. It's just for entertainment purposes. I don't have time to spend researching all this stuff. I'm just doing it for the thrill of it, the fun of it, the entertainment piece of it, which is, you know, in a lot of ways good um, because then it's just looked at as any other entertainment uh, would be. Um, But those that are trying to take it more seriously, you know, the tools are out there. um, So that's on them to, you know, to get good at it. Right. So I think that's, uh, that's good actually. And that's how, that's how it should be from a meritocracy standpoint. Yeah. I think it's, it, it, I don't know about the other communities and there's certainly rotten apples in every one, but most of the people in the fantasy football community want everyone to succeed. And their, their sole purpose is to not only give you actionable, meaningful content, but to help you grow. And so if you reach out and ask a question, very rarely are you going to be met with a scoff and a laugh in your face. And if you do, then let me know so I can go and <laughs> talk to that person, talk some sense into that ill-willed individual. Awesome. No, that's, that's great. Okay. So let's shift to the podcast uh, and the content uh, that you're a contributor, contributor and creator for. Uh, so you're doing a lot. So you're a contributor to Fantasy Affairs, uh, creator of Rookie on the Rise podcast, contributor to Breakout Finder uh, and the Debbie Deep Dive podcast. So you've got a lot of content pieces uh, going around here. Um, maybe at a kind of high level, uh, summarize uh, the difference between all four of those and what each of them does. Uh, so that the audience can kind of understand like, you know, what the focus is, what the focus is of each of them. Absolutely. So I'll start off with the podcast that me and my co-hosts, Brad, uh, Bradley Stickler and Eric Burkholder 
co-host and that's the rookie on the rise podcast and so that podcast is specifically designated talking about each year's rookie incoming rookies so this year is the 2021 rookie class so jamar chase travis travis etn trevor lawrence uh, the, the high profile names, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, those players like that. We go in and before the drafts, we talk about their profiles, their production, what we like, what we don't like, kind of what we're projecting from them coming into the season in terms of draft capital, because that's a relatively predictive measure of success when we're looking at like fantasy success. And then when the draft happens, we kind of have our reaction pieces where we're saying, okay, this player moves up, this player moves down. I like this situation. I don't like this situation. This player is basically dead to me now because they're drafted in the seventh round and they're fourth on the depth chart behind two really good players. So we're going to pour one out for them and sing their praises and wish them the best, the, the best possible life that they're going to live. Uh, and then moving through the season, uh, we just partnered up with, odds crowd which is a online betting for like it's free betting where you're just betting uh units and the top earner of each contest wins a x amount of prize so i'll be doing kind of rookie props and stuff like that as well as kind of digging into a little bit of the college players the upcoming class of 2022 kind of talking about some players that we're going to want to pay attention to and then also sort of talking about the rookies this season's performance and how it goes. Uh, we just had our first week of preseason. So you're going to see a lot of content putting out about rookies X, Y, and Z. Most of it's going to be overreaction. We don't do week one stuff because there's just not enough information. We'll probably put out a week two piece to summarize all of it. Fantasy Football Affair is a holistic website where we talk about redrafts. So seasonal leagues, we talk about dynasty leagues, we do DFS stuff. And basically what we, what I do there is I'm just writing and contributing as a writer. So I'm writing redraft articles about players. I'm writing dynasty articles about players and theories and philosophies. And it's just an opportunity for me to kind of get my feet into things that are outside of rookies specifically. Uh, that is actually where the rookie on the rise is underneath is a fantasy football fair umbrella. Breakoutfinder.com is a Devi resource so they have so what, what what that means is debbie is what we refer to as college football players basically and mm -hmm. so what that means is they have an app in which kind of helps with incoming rookies it gives them breakout ratings and, and an overall rating about the likelihood of them being a fantasy football success i guess it's a it, it's a cheap app and it does really nice in terms of giving you a holistic picture of them uh, and so I write for the Debbie portion. So I write about college players, players I think are going to take big steps, players I think that you need to be wary of. Um, I'm going to be dropping an article about the name, image, and likeness deal that just got pushed through a couple of weeks ago for college players and how that's going to impact fantasy football. And then for Debbie Deep Dive, it's just me, Brandon, and Corey. Uh, I am the dynasty portion of that right now. So I put out dynasty rankings on his dashboard. And I'm also creating videos with Brandon and I'm sort of the, the metrics or analytics guy that he turns to. So when he's going to be talking about a player, I come in and talk about what the metrics mean and what we're seeing with them. And what all that really is is similar to baseball where you have wins over replacement and things like that. There's metrics in fantasy football that kind of lead to a better and ho more holistic view and picture of a pro of a, of a prospect because up until they set foot on week one of the NFL field, we don't really know what we're getting. Preseason helps a little bit. So this is just kind of doing our best to create thresholds 
to better evaluate these players from a long-term standpoint. Got it. So, um, you know, I guess the question is, is from a content perspective, uh, what do you find to be a pretty big challenge? Cause that's a lot going on, right? You know, for example, like with Zen sports, we do, we do a lot of blogging. We do some esports tournaments. We do of course, podcasts, we do social, you know, there's a strategy across all those different channels that we like to do. Uh, but it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it can be a little bit of saturation, I guess. Um, and also, you know, I mean, maybe 10 years ago, if you did a podcast, you were probably the first one out there. Uh, you didn't have to worry about, um, you know, a lot of competition. Uh, now there's a gazillion sports podcasts, a gazillion podcasts in general, uh, probably a lot in the fan- in the fantasy area. So, I mean, do you do anything uniquely to stand out? Um, are you uh, trying to kind of, I guess, cross sell between the different uh, content platforms, you know, to really drive that. Uh, and, you know, I mean, are there any, I guess, kind of monetization strategies that you're looking at in the future, or is it purely just to kind of, um, you know, promote the leagues that you have, uh, allow yourself to build community and so forth? I, it's a funny, it's a, it's a difficult and funny question because most of the people when they get into like being content creators or fantasy fantasy analysts, very rarely is their first answer going to be, I'm in this to make money because I think all of us recognize that the likelihood that you're going to create a living off of it is exceptionally low. Uh, I like to liken it to kind of being a high school kid wanting to play the pros. It's like the 1% of us get the love, the likelihood and the ability to just quit your day job and only and solely do fantasy football. So a lot of it just comes from just a passion and love of the game and what you're doing. And then if you do make monetization off of it, then it's a bonus, right? So that's where the ads come in and the sponsorships, things like that. Uh, for me, the biggest challenge really is sort of devving up my time or divvying up my time in between all of my three major, uh, like content creations, right? So rookie on the rise in the next three weeks is going to be pumping out some, a lot of materials, but once the season starts, we're pretty much going to go zero dark 30, just because there's not a lot of information that you can be putting out there that is valuable and important to be consuming. Uh, And then finding time to write articles in between college and college and NFL, you're just kind of doing your best to like even your time, you drop two college articles, you drop two NFL articles and just sort of wax and wane here and there. Luckily for for me, Debbie Deep Dive is a really, the way Brandon does his content creation is exceptionally efficient. And so we just spend one day a month and we push out three or four episodes in a couple hours and we drop them throughout the month. And then he'll hit me up at random times asking me to do a two or three minute video on a specific player. So it, from that perspective, it's very easy to be contributing, but the rest is just writing and finding the time. Luckily, I've got a job that allows me to, for the most part, have some time in which I can write and don't need to be at my job 24 seven. And since I can't drive because of my eye disease, uh, I also have time on the bus to where I can be on my phone, on my Google docs, just sort of writing on things and letting them kind of come, come to fruition. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I mean, I think it's really interesting, you know, from a a career and job standpoint, what you currently do. 
Uh, so for those in the audience who don't know, um, you know, Britt does actually, you know, full-time job. Uh, and so talk to me a little bit about, you know, you, you know, you being a recreational therapist um, and some of the other things that you've done as an activities director and so forth. I mean, you've done, you've done a lot of kind of things in the treatment and care arena. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, how, uh, well, wait, A, how you're able to balance all that, because it's a lot going on, which is awesome. Uh, but B, then just kind of how you got into fantasy sports um, or maybe it's the inverse, how you got into this career path that you're currently on. Yeah. So when the first thing you say is like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a rec therapist. I'm a therapeutic recreation specialist. Everyone goes, so you're basically a glorified PE teacher, right? Uh, and which I refer, refer to is if PE teaching is having fun and creating therapeutic environments, then sure, I guess. Um, we sort of utilize recreation and leisure as our modalities and interventions when we're treating patients in group therapy settings. And then we're wrapping in a variety of different behavior, like therapeutic modalities. So uh, the big one we do at our hospital is the dialectical behavior, behavioral therapy. So we'll be playing games, doing artwork, doing crafts. And we'll talk about like the main four pillars, mindfulness, emotional regulation, interpersonal effectiveness. And why is that fourth one slipping my mind? Um, interpersonal effectiveness, I think is what I missed. That sounds right. Mindfulness, emotional regulation, interpersonal effectiveness, and distress tolerance. Boom, nailed it. Uh, and so we'll talk <laughs> about that and sort of just bring that in. And um, it, I, I really, I love it, man. It, there's just, there's something really rewarding by talking to people and just tying a, a random game like Uno or Yahtzee and just being like, what we're doing here is more than playing a game. We're actually working also on your ability to handle stress and ability to just radically accept that things aren't your way. And so by practicing it in a scenario in a game, which I think most of you listeners can probably agree that in game settings, excluding Monopoly, most of your emotions are at a much lesser state of arousal. And so you're able to handle them a bit better. And so through practice and through recognition and awareness, you're able to kind of take those skills you learned there from play and apply them to your real life skills and to interpersonal relationships and stressors and things like that. And so it's, it's been exceptionally rewarding. I've spent most of my adult jobs as in the recreation field, excluding the service industry a couple of stints here and there. Um, I've taught toddlers to play soccer, which is infuriatingly wonderful. I've, you know, worked with memory care patients and been the activity director there for two years. I've been as a recreation therapist now for just a little over two years. It's, it's very, very rewarding and difficult. And it, it gets to the point really where other than my exercise and working out my um, fantasy football is almost like a reset and escape for me allowing me just to kind of completely decompress and dive into something that isn't so heavy emotionally because the, what we're, what we deal with week in and week out, day in, day out is some really, really difficult stuff that if you're not careful, can just, you, you carry home with you and it really affects your cycle, your psyche long-term if you're not able to kind of metaphorically leave your work at home. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like just in general, you just love to, teach and educate and, you know, help um, share the knowledge and pay it forward and so forth, which is, which is awesome. Do you feel that there's any opportunity for you at some point to uh, 
make it a career in fantasy sports or uh, any kind of digital gaming, uh, you know, from a sports perspective uh, at some point uh, to kind of, you know, I guess do everything that you love, right? You know, you can play fantasy sports and make money off of it, or I guess maybe even somehow tied into, you know, uh, some of the things that you do, you know, on the, on the health side of things too, right? Because gaming is important from that perspective. Oh, absolutely. I, my secret little professional wish is finding some way to create fantasy sports into a therapeutic environment. Cause I think there's a tremendous amount of lessons and skills and things that you are brought to awareness by through fantasy football, uh, specifically in the social, the social side of things. Um, currently, since I am a, in an acute psycho or an acute behavioral health hospital, we don't really have access to the internet and we only see our patients from average seven to 14 days. So it makes it exceptionally difficult to create that sort of uh, that, that modality in intervention because it's just so small. Uh, we have tinkered with creating a, or we're trying to condense a Dungeons and Dragons games into a 45 minutes, which if anyone's ever played Dungeons and Dragons is essentially impossible. Uh, but we're really trying our best to create something to where you're able to role play and have fun and still enjoy that fantasy game sort but also not have it be and take 15 hours or eight hours and such. Right. Yeah. And I think that would be kind of the, you know, the challenge plus also the monetary aspect too, if there's money yeah. involved, right. Absolutely. You know, having to, I don't know, find a way to tie that in. So do you find your, do you, do you ever see yourself actually moving into uh, maybe a technology career, you know, with a company like a sleeper or with a, uh, you know, um, you know, dynasty, uh, you know, DFL type thing, uh, to, to really, you know, kind of scratch the dish and get paid for it at the same time. You know, I, it, it's never really, I think it's a two prongs question, right? If you ask anybody, would, do you want to do this full time? No, one's going to say no but I think everyone's afraid to say yes, just because it is such a, from a strictly financial point of view, the likelihood that you're going to be making similar money to what you're making at your full-time jobs, relatively pretty low, quite frankly. And so you just, if someone's like, Hey, I'm willing to pay you X amount of money a year to do this. And it's at a point in which I say, okay, sure. I can do that and still be able to be living the life that I want to be able to live and, save money and provide and et cetera, then yeah, absolutely. But I'm very happy doing this sort of part-time and just enjoying my time here. And I've always said, you know, the moment this becomes not fun for me and like a job when it's not is the moment I'm just going to say, Hey, listen, it was fun. I enjoyed my time, but I'm not doing this anymore because it's just not worth, it's not worth the, the juice. Isn't worth the squeeze. I think is a right analogy there. It's just better off push along the line and letting some other people take over and enjoy their time. Sure. Well, I will say as a technology entrepreneur, uh, there is definitely, there's definitely money to be made uh, working in tech. I think, you know, you, you, you know, might want to find something at kind of like the series B stage and later, you know, where companies raise plenty of money, um, you know, and they can pay, you know, a nice salary on top of it. 
uh, or, you know, on, on top of all the other, you know, perks and benefits and everything else that come with it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, versus a seed stage startup where there's five people sitting around and they're all getting underpaid and raising my hand here, been through that many times. And <laughs> it's not for everybody. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, no, but this was a, this was a really great, uh, this was a really great chat here. Um, yeah, I've really learned a lot of things today. I know our audience did as well. want to thank you for being on the Ball and Chain podcast. Uh, I brought some really great insight and uh, we'll definitely be, uh, we'll be chatting soon. And uh, is there any uh, kind of final shout out that you want to give to people to check out a Twitter handle or a uh, website page? Oh yeah, absolutely. If you're interested in fantasy football or really fantasy anything, just reach me on Twitter at the FF Sandman. I will do my everything in my power to help hook you up with the people that you need to be hooked up with to achieve that. Uh, for my fantasy football fans out there in the crowd, the rookie sleeper that you are too low on is Terrace Marshall Jr. and Elijah Moore. You need to do everything in your power to draft them this season, especially in redraft leagues, because they're going to be cheap and their upside is going to be exponentially large. Amazing. No, that's, that's, that's great. Great tips uh, for our listeners. And we will definitely all give you a follow on Twitter. And uh, thanks again for being on the pod today, Britt. Uh, you were great. Best of luck with everything and chat soon. Thanks, Mark. You have a great day. Have a wonderful time. And thanks for having me on. This was a really good time.